Welcome to the eighth episode of the Double Coverage Podcast with myself, Sean Holko, and my partner, Mac Irvin III. We have uh, an interesting show for today because the coronavirus has officially uh, gotten into our world of sports. It has canceled our world of sports as all the leagues um, in the United States and also around the world have been postponed or canceled going forward. So today on this episode, Mac and I will talk about the coronavirus shutting down the NBA and the rest of the leagues around the world, as well as we will talk about um, the NFL CBA officially being approved by a slim margin. And then we will have a little bit of double coverage with two segments talking about NFL free agency on this episode of Double Coverage. All right, Mac. So last week here on the show, we didn't really talk too much about the coronavirus because we were naive and we didn't think that it was really going to break into our world of sports. But two days later, it really did Um, with the NBA officially suspending their season due to Rudy Gobert, a member of the Utah Jazz, testing positive for coronavirus. His teammate Donovan Mitchell later tested positive as well. And then, you know, especially more than me, that there have been a couple international soccer players, some international soccer managers who have tested positive for the coronavirus. So first, Mac, what was your initial thoughts on the coronavirus shutting down what we love most, professional sports? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a crazy and bizarre stretch of time from about Wednesday morning through to Thursday afternoon, you know, finding out everything being shut down. So, uh, Sean and Sean, you and I were with some friends studying for a class here at Sac State, and I had to leave to go to work. As I left, I've heard about, you know, one of the international soccer cases that you alluded to, Daniel Rugani, the center back for Juventus, he tested positive. And there was a there was an image of him online, you know, surrounded by his Juventus teammates after the game. And and somebody on Twitter and I thought that I had the same thought as this person. They said this could easily happen in North American sports like very soon. Now, when they said soon, I didn't imagine it would be a matter of hours as we found out. Uh, Rudy Gobert testing positive. I was in the Sack B newsroom when this happened, and it was just a crazy, you know, scramble to get everybody on hands on this story. Um, a good so, friend of ours, Noel Harris, he was one of the editors at out. the Sack B. Shout out to Mr. Noel. Harris. We'll have him on. We'll have him here on double coverage once sports start up again. If if sports start again before I graduate here from Sac State, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So he was out, you know, getting dinner, you know, on his, uh, you know, daily routine break, and he came back into the newsroom and he just shouted, "A motherfucker can't go get a hamburger without a whole fucking league shutting down." <laughs> In and, the immortal world, in the immortal words of Noel Harris, it was really, it was really that kind of you know bizarre situation though. You don't really expect something like this to happen, especially with the magnitude and I of it. And I think you know when the NBA finally decided when that when the NBA delivered the news that the league was being suspended, it really kind of you know sent a shockwave to all Americans. Like, hey, this is serious, and now it's going to be impacting you more than you we're thinking about yeah I couldn't have said it better myself and just for me from my perspective is we were studying with that group of friends for for one of our classes here at Sac State which we haven't even talked about all of our classes for the rest of this semester will now be online and it's currently a Monday here we're sitting in the State Hornet newsroom here it's a ghost town at Del Norte Hall yeah and it's it's a ghost town right now I just went and got lunch at Panda and the Riverfront Center was a ghost town it was really sad but anyways we were studying, and then I went to what I thought was going to be a huge Kings game that night, the most important Kings game in probably the last 14 years, with the Kings playing the New Orleans Pelicans and Zion Williamson on ESPN. 
our f- one national t- televised game for the season. The entire season. And my friend Alex and I, we were on our way to the game. We were driving down Folsom Boulevard. And first he tells me, like, I get into his car at like 6.15 at his house over in Rosemont. And then he tells me, oh, did you hear Rudy Gobert might have coronavirus? And I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. And then I see the tweet from Shams. He has tested positive. My friend Alex is just laughing and laughing and laughing because he's laughing at how much of an idiot Rudy Gobert was for what he did, wiping his hands and his face all over the media microphones and just everything he possibly could. It was it was an idiot move. He's admitted to that. That's why he ended up donating $500,000 to Utah, Oklahoma City, and to France in the relief of the coronavirus. But anyways, my friend Alex just started laughing. And then minutes later, we see the NBA has suspended the league. And I tell him, pull over, pull over right now. We're on our way to an NBA game. Then we read all the press releases. It says after tonight. So we're like, okay, we're good. We go down to to Doko. We get to the Golden One Center. We get inside the Golden One Center. And I literally bought a $15 beer and a $9 slice of pizza. And I'm sitting there waiting for the teams to take the court. The Kings do for warmups, but the Pelicans never showed up. Then about 10 minutes later, they completely canceled the game. Fans are booing. They're all upset. And for me, it was just a crazy atmosphere to be there. And uh, it was the day that the sports world stood still. And it it was just uh, surreal. Yeah, especially the effect that it had on every other sport. You know, MLB was supposed to start in the next couple weeks. Opening day was going to be, you know, a couple of weeks away. They've had to shut down. The NHL has been shut down. Uh, even NFL teams, they're in the offseason. They've had to take precautions. Uh, the XFL had to be shut down for the rest of the year, so they're done for 2020. At one point, we were down to golf and racing are, were our only forms of sports by Thursday afternoon that were going to be televised. And then even by Friday afternoon, <laughs> everything had been shut down. Yeah, and for me, uh, we're both interns at the Sacramento Bee. You're a breaking news intern. I'm a sports intern, and the job that I primarily do is to design the agate. And for people who don't know what agate is, it's just the big old scoreboard with all the standings and the stats in the middle of the sports section. That's what I design. And when there's no sports going on, I have almost nothing to design and put in there. So I was telling you before the show started that all I put in there now is just my editor's note that was designed by our editor, Daniel Hunt. Um, I just put that in there and then I put in the transactions and maybe now on this day in history because I have literally nothing else to put in there. So it's just crazy. It's changing our lives, changing our lives so much so that we don't even know how much double coverage we'll be bringing to you guys each week. Next week, we can probably talk more about NFL free agency, but after After that, what are we really going to talk about? So this coronavirus is a pandemic. It's extremely serious, and we just need to treat it seriously so then we can kill this disease out, find a cure, and just try to just get past this. And you, me, and Robbie, our producer, we're all lucky that we are in the group that's we're young. And even if we did get it, knock on wood, God forbid, we could probably fight through it. But then we have people like my mom who are 62 years old and they're concerned for their own health because if they got it, it could be deathly. So we just need to take this seriously. And I'm glad that even though I'm going to be missing my daily sports center and I'm going to be missing all the sports and the best part of the NBA season in the last month of the regular season, it's, it's all stopped because this is very serious and we need to treat it seriously. Um, so then we can come back here and actually talk about sports and, and enjoy our lives. Yep. Strap in. It's going to be a wild ride these next two months. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's going to be a wild ride. All right, Max. So now let's get into uh, some actual sports talk. 
Last time, uh, I don't think last week we talked about this, but the previous week we had talked about the NFL CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, and they were in talks, they were in negotiations. A lot of the big name players in the NFL, a lot of the multimillionaires, they were against it because they looked at the longer term stuff because this goes for the next 10 years. But a lot of the, the players who don't have big contracts that are guaranteed, they thought that this was more beneficial to them now in the short term. So this was approved, uh, I believe, yesterday or last night. And so now uh, we, the NFL has a new collective bargaining agreement for the next 10 years. Do you want to just tell the listeners a little more details? Yeah, uh, it was a really, really slim margin that the CBA passed by. Uh, so basically any player who was signed to a contract with an NFL team was eligible to vote on this collective bargaining agreement. So... Overall, that's about, give or take, 28, 25 to 2,800 players. Um, 1,019 players voted yes, and 959 players voted no. That's a difference of 60 votes. A really small margin of players decided you know, the fate of the collective bargaining agreement, potentially saving the league from a lockout, but also locking them into this contract for the next 10 years. One of the things that I found really interesting about the vote total was that you know, I mentioned that there's 25 to 2,800 players that were eligible to vote. Over 500 players did not vote at all in the CBA. And that just seems crazy to me that when you look at something like this, you know, something that's going to lock you in for 10 years, and, you know, with all the, you know, gives and takes to it that you wouldn't even bother to read it or cast a vote. It, now, I, I acknowledge that it was a ridiculous amount of paperwork i believe it was something in the vicinity of 470 pages that's what you pay agents to read and to give you a two-page summary i know but still for you to not even cast a vote it's just that's a that's incredible to me it's the same even it's the same thing as people in this country who will complain about the president complain about politics but they do not let their voices be heard they don't go and cast a vote so as as far as i'm concerned you don't have a fucking opinion if you're not going to voice yourself so some of these players if they're not happy later on down the line you missed your opportunity you missed your chance to vote so shut up yeah so uh, some of the big things that were in this deal, I know we talked about that before, but I'll go over it again. Uh, so a new playoff format will go into effect this upcoming season, whenever that season may be. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. Coronavirus TBD. Yeah, so uh, now we will have seven playoff teams per conference. Only one team gets a bye. So in theory, an entire uh, division can make the playoffs, which we'll touch upon in a minute, uh, the division that I think is going to be. But uh, – mm. <laughs> Uh, so there's also a potential for a 17-game season that will likely go into effect within the next one to two years, likely when the new TV deals come up. Uh, with regards to marijuana, players will no longer be suspended for positive tests. They also raise the threshold uh, of nanograms needed to trigger a positive test. So now they'll only be financially impacted and not you know, missing games in the, on the field. We're getting into big words there with nanograms. <laughs> and meanwhile, Josh Gordon's at home with a blunt in his hand, and he's like, yo, what's up? Someone come sign me. I mean, it's going to cost you a lot of money, but, you know, you still get to keep playing. Uh, the other thing, uh, the increase in revenue, players now get 48% of all league revenue starting in 2021. That's a bump up from 47% in the last CBA. Isn't it 48.5 to be more technical? Because I, I know like that that half percent is like a big deal because that half percent can turn into 
millions, if not billions of dollars. If league TV revenues increase by 60%, then the player's share of revenue increases to 48.5. Okay, but as there things, you go. As things stand right now, they will get 48%. That's still behind the MLB and the NBA, but, you know, at least you're getting a little bit more money. But, you know, somehow this got approved. Yeah. And meanwhile, Richard Sherman, Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, they're all just sitting here shaking their heads. No, a couple other things that went up. Uh, roster spots get increased uh, slightly on both the practice squad and the active roster. So, I mean, there's there's some good things in here. I don't know if it was enough to pass. And that's something that, you know, the players are going to have to talk about with themselves. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting because there's there's no going back now. They they had their time to negotiate and to go back and and the guys that I just mentioned, guys like Richard Sherman, JJ Watt, Aaron Rodgers who were all completely against this deal because they looked at the longer term picture and not just the next couple of years because we know that this is going to be in place for the next decade now and that's if the coronavirus doesn't get to us all. Um, but anyways, uh, they were looking at the long-term deal. So, and I think the same thing that I said earlier about guys who aren't even letting their voices be heard. I think for the guys who did vote to approve this, I mean, it's if if you have something to say about it now, then shut up because these guys were trying to convince you and trying to say this is the bigger picture. Don't just look at a year down the line. Like now we're going to have 17 games each year with one bye and guys were barely making it through 16 and then you got to play 3-4 playoff games if you want to get to that ultimate goal. And also just like now that uh, we're looking back on it as a 49ers fan, it's like, man, if the 49ers were that one team in the NFC that got that first round by and the Kansas City Chiefs still had to go and play one extra game, maybe things would have been different. Yeah. But hey, that that's just a that's just a world of ifs. I think and that's think, the world we're living in. Now. I think one of the things players took note of was the immediate boost in money. You know, this these next few coming years, they didn't take into account really, you know looking down the road 10 years later trying to set up the next generation of players they were looking to get their stuff right now so i think that's important to note yeah so the nfl has agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement mac and i both don't really know when we'll truly see it take effect because we don't even know if the nfl draft is going to happen and right now the nfl is saying that they're planning to keep it going but like if things continue to get worse in the next couple of weeks like Last week, you and I would have been sitting in these same chairs and we would have said, okay, the NBA season is going to continue, but they're going to go with no fans in any of the arenas. And suddenly the league is suspended for who knows how long, at least a month, maybe two. So we could sit here and say all we want, but this is a invisible uh, nemesis that we're dealing with in the coronavirus. So we are just going to live our lives day by day, week by week. And we'll continue to talk about it here on Double Coverage if there is something to talk about. So that's that. All right, Mac, now it's time to get into the main event of today's show. This very well could be the main event of next week's show as well, because as we know, because of the coronavirus, there's not too much going on right now in the sports world, but thankfully the NFL has provided us with something to talk about, and that is NFL Free Agency. NFL Free Agency officially starts this Wednesday. Um, I believe it's going to be Wednesday, March 18th, which it will. So it's going to officially start this Wednesday, but just like the NBA has instituted in recent years because they know that they can't really prevent it, is now they have a 48-hour moratorium period, and it's this is the non-tampering Legal talking. tampering. The, oh, oh, there Terri- you go. Terrible name, by the, the way. The legal tampering window that yes. teams can talk to players. And we have already seen a lot of news happen this morning. Uh, it was one thing that actually got me excited 
excited to do today's podcast is we had something else sports related that we could talk about other than the coronavirus. So let's just get into um, a couple of the big deals that have already taken place. They won't go into effect completely and they won't be official until Wednesday, as I noted. But here are some of the deals that have already gone on. So this is a, a smaller deal. Devontae Freeman, running back for the Atlanta Falcons, has been released. Austin Hooper from the Atlanta Falcons, a Stanford grad, is going to the Cleveland Browns on a four-year, $44 million deal to become the highest paid tight end in the NFL. We know George Kittle will break that soon enough. Kirk Cousins gets a two-year, $66 million extension on top of that three-year, $83 million deal that he signed a couple years ago with the Vikings. So the Vikings um, are guaranteeing that their quarterback will be around for at least three more years. Eric Armstead, native of Sacramento, California, and a graduate of Pleasant Grove High School, gets a five-year, $85 million deal from the San Francisco 49ers. But that's bad news for his Oregon teammate, his San Francisco 49ers teammate, DeForest Buckner, who was traded today to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange. The 49ers, the main thing that the 49ers got back in that deal is a first-round pick in this year's NFL draft, number 13. I believe that was the only thing they got back, wasn't it? I, I think so. I wasn't sure if there was like cash or maybe like another de- uh, something else attached to it, but I just wanted to make sure that I highlighted that. David Johnson, this is the big deal of the day before I get into a couple guys who have been tagged, and then, Mac, we'll circle back to all this, and we'll discuss it over the next eight minutes. But David Johnson gets traded from the Arizona Cardinals, and at first you're thinking, wow, the Texans, they're stacking up. They already got one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in DeAndre Hopkins, and now they're going to add David Johnson, who was a Pro Bowl running back. But then you forget we're dealing with Bill O'Brien. But then I forgot that we're dealing with Bill O'Brien, and we can talk about the deal in total in a second, but mainly it's David Johnson getting traded from the Arizona Cardinals Cardinals to the Houston Texans for DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And then some players that were tagged with the franchise tag today were A.J. Green with the Bengals, Derrick Henry with the Titans, Dak Prescott with the Cowboys, and all three of those guys, along with everyone else who has been tagged, have until July 15th to work out a long-term deal. And finally, the Tennessee Titans are out on Tom Brady as they brought back Ryan Tannehill on a four-year, $118 million contract with $62 million guaranteed. So, Mac, let's wait to talk about David uh, Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins and that deal because that's the main blockbuster of today, even for me as a 49ers fan losing to Forrest Buckner. But, but out of all those deals that I just talked about, which one stands out to you the most besides the big blockbuster? Because we'll talk about that in a second. I mean, it has to be, you know, the Titans going all in on Ryan Tannehill. Woo! We've seen, you know, teams do stuff like this. The Jaguars did it with Blake Bortles a couple years ago. The Jaguars did it again last year with Nick Foles. It seems like both of those aren't working out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Uh, the, the Jaguars still are saying that they're not going to trade Nick Foles, but we'll see. We'll see. Everybody's available for a price. I f- truly believe that. So, uh, But the Titans, you know, Tannehill, for his part, he did play well. You know, they're bringing back Derrick Henry on the tag. So, I mean, this team looks set to make another run at it. But, you know, I'm not sure if that was just a flash of potential from Tannehill. Can he really sustain this over four years? You know, and for that kind of money, you expect somebody who can get you consistently deep into the playoffs. So, 
we'll be looking to see this kind of see if Tannehill can repeat the kind of performance he had last year. Yeah, I'm really interested to see that as well. Um, we know that Mike Vrabel is a former teammate of Tom Brady, and you and I talked about last week here on Double Coverage, and you said that the best um, spot that we thought football-wise for Tom Brady would be other than New England to go to Tennessee. So now it puts a big question mark on Tom Brady, and it's pretty much New England or the West Coast. Where is Tom Brady going to go is really the main thing that we're looking at. Um, I want to switch up to another deal deal that I talked about, and that is the Colts acquiring DeForest Buckner from the San Francisco 49ers. They're all pro defensive tackle, and they already agreed to a big contract with DeForest Buckner as he is going to get $21 million a year from the Colts, and he is now the second highest paid defensive tackle in NFL history right behind Aaron Donald. So obviously, from uh, my 49ers fan perspective, the 49ers just didn't think that they could pay Eric DeForest and George Kittle coming up pretty much because George Kittle is going to become the highest paid tight end in the NFL. Sorry, Austin Hooper. But obviously, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan didn't think that they could pay everyone, so they did the best they can, and they got a first-round pick at number 13. So that's what they did. What did you think about this deal? And, you know, the 49ers, you know, they've been – they don't have a, you know, second, third, or fourth-round pick, so they can use – as a Seahawks fan, I've seen this tactic used over the last however many years, at least decade, but, you know – Pete Carroll and Josh Snyder in Seattle, they like to acquire a first they like to use their first round pick to acquire lower picks throughout the draft. I think that's what this what the Niners are going to be doing. They're looking to acquire second, third, and fourth round picks to make up for the ones that they've traded away or lost. So I think, you know, obviously they're going to use this thirteenth pick. It probably is going to be a Buckner replacement because it's easy to, you know, trade away it's not easy to trade away somebody like DeForest Buckner unless you can bring in somebody else who can at least attempt to fill that role. So I expect uh, 49ers to you to target a defensive lineman there at 13 and use that use their original first round pick to acquire picks later in the draft. I'm going to disagree with you there. Just I agree with everything that you said there about the whole strategy and why they did it. But the only thing I disagree with is where the, the position that they may be targeting because the 49ers still have a big hole at defensive back and also kind of at safety because we know that Richard Sherman is is that all-pro guy there, but he's still getting older. We know Akello Witherspoon from Sacramento. He was very, very, very inconsistent this year. And it's something I've noticed watching a lot of the 49ers is that you guys are tend to be a little injury prone in the secondary as well yeah so i could very well see john lynch and kyle shanahan targeting a defensive back but the point is is that they just got a mid-round first pick for a player that they thought that they couldn't have um signed and the the thing about this about this deal is that the 49ers thought that they couldn't pay their guy so they traded that guy for a first round pick the houston texans thought that they couldn't Uh, pay their guy so they traded him for a former pro bowl running back who's getting up there in age but they didn't get real value and mac that was the deal between the texans and the arizona cardinals today trading david johnson for deandre hopkins let me add one more thing on the buckner thing before we switch to uh how much of an idiot bill o'brien is uh i will point out you know 21 million dollars for deforest buckner that puts him second you know behind aaron donald that's going to be the benchmark for a lot of these you know defensive line guys we know Jadavian clown he was looking that's for your a guy. lot of money yeah he's uh he's no longer going to be your guy clown he played for the seahawks i don't expect him back in seattle after this deal because he's going to get around that territory and i don't think seattle's willing to match that kind of money so, so let's talk about the big deal of the lines. day what did you think about the big the big deal of the day 
I mean, it's great for Arizona. You know, you just adding more talent. You know, they already tagged Kenyon Drake. You know, I've been a big fan of Kenyon Drake ever since he came out of Alabama. And, you know, him, that whole offense, you know, with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, the air raid, it could work. And this is a great target to pick up for Kyler Murray to go and make an assault. We were talking about it in the the new playoff format, how three wildcard teams could make it. The NFC West, there are a lot that – Every every team can be dangerous in that NFC West, and I could easily see all the, all those all four of those teams making the playoffs this year. So this is a great pickup for Arizona, and it cost them almost nothing. You know, David Johnson, good on his days, but inconsistent a lot. So uh, we'll have to see. You know, if he can replicate this kind of performance for the Houston Texans. Uh, on the Texans side, I have no idea what they're doing. You know. Bill O'Brien, he, and he's not only, and it should be noted that he's not only the head coach, but he is the general manager. So he is making all the decisions for the Texans. I don't understand what he's doing. You know, it seems like the Texans were in a good position. I don't understand why you would trade away key talent like that for pennies on the dollar. Like we, going back to Clowney, he got almost nothing for that trade either. I know they really like Jacob Martin, and I mean that's always good to have players that you like on the roster. But you didn't really get anything of value up for him. And you didn't save that much in salary. I looked at the salaries between David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. They're not that far apart. It's about a million dollars you saved by taking on David Johnson. So I I don't understand what the, they're doing there. And he he's really damaging uh, Deshaun Watson there. He's really hampering his chances to make an impact in the league. Yeah, because for a very long time it was always – with the Texans, it was, okay, they have this amazing wide receiver. Who are they going to get to throw him the ball? They had guys like Brian Hoyer, A.J. McCarron. I could go down the list, but let's save some time here. They had a bunch of scrubs at quarterback, and they finally get a good quarterback. Some people call him the Michael Jordan of the NFL with what he's doing. We know that crazy play from the Bills playoff game this past year, but they finally get a capable quarterback that they like playing together, and they said, all right, we can't pay him, so let's get rid of him. Um, I just think that it was a terrible trade. Um, yeah, I guess you're looking at, okay, what are we going to get back for this guy if he doesn't want to resign? So I get that they're thinking that. But, Mac, you know a trade is bad when you put it into the simulator on Madden. And the full the full trade was the Texans are trading away DeAndre Hopkins and a 2020 fourth-round pick. And they're getting back David Johnson, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. You put that through on Madden 20, and it says trade decline. The Texans are not interested in David Johnson. Make a better offer. But for Bill O'Brien, in real life, he was like, all right, let's trade away a top three wide receiver in the NFL. That makes sense. And who knows? Maybe our guy Deshaun Watson is going to be asking for a trade himself pretty soon. I mean, we already you already said that Bill O'Brien's the jam, so it really has to come down on ownership. Are they content with what Bill O'Brien is doing to this team? Or can they win with Bill O'Brien at the helm? And for me, the answer is no. Yeah, so that's going to do it for the eighth episode of Double Coverage. Mac and I, we will be back next Monday because we can talk about what has happened throughout this entire week of NFL free agency. We could probably do an entire show about NFL free agency, and we probably will have to because we'll have to fill all three segments with NFL free agency talk because of the coronavirus canceling all the professional sports leagues in the world for the time being. 
but the show must go on, as our producer Robbie told us today, and we fully agree. So we will be back for the ninth episode of Double Coverage next Monday here on StateHornet.com, Apple, Spotify. Come check us out. After that, I don't know, but let's hope the coronavirus doesn't get us. 